what really chaps my hide? Well, I just really hate it when people release their best of the year episodes in December. I mean, the year ain't over, Jack. How can you be 100% sure that your picks are the best of the year if you're just going to dismiss an entire month's worth of stuff? Doesn't make sense to me. It's asinine, and frankly, it makes me sick. Okay, thank you. Uh, Are you ready to go? Look, all I'm saying is, is that these people, you know, these folks who put out these best of the year episodes in December, heck, they need to be rounded up and shot as far as I'm concerned. Okay, uh, great. If, you know, you could just read from the sheet, that's really what we're going for here. The sheet? Yeah, the, the sheet we sent you. What's this for again? Did your agent not explain to you what it is we're doing here? Well, she said something about getting paid, so of course I came right over. <sighs> we're recording the cold opening for this episode. Cold opening? Yes, the, the cold opening. It's, it's, a, it's for this podcast episode. Oh yeah, I love podcasts. Great. Um, if you could just read from the sheet, Abner, that would be that would be great. Well, yeah, sure, I can do that. No problem. And we are rolling. Rolling? What you mean, rolling? It just means that we're ready to go. Well, you mean like rolling tape? I thought this was a podcast. Ain't them digital? Abner, it's just a saying. All right, just we're going whenever you're ready. All right then. <clears throat> Which podcast is this again? Just another fanboy. Just another fanboy, huh? What is that? Some kind of history podcast? It's a single host podcast, Abner, and it's about comics. What, like comic books? Exactly, yes, comic books. Whenever you're ready. You know, I used to read comic books back when I was six. <laughs> that's that's great, Abner. Again, we are rolling. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> When did you say this was coming out? I want to make sure and tell my mom. This particular episode is scheduled for Tuesday, December 27th. And that's this year? Yes. 2022. Yes, 2022. Any other questions? I'd like to get this done before lunch. No, I'm good. Great. Anytime you're ready. What? Whenever you're ready, Abner. Ready for what? To read your line, Abner. You know... The reason we're here. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> here goes. Me, 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 me. Lemon water, lemon water. Boysenberry Gary. Boysenberry Gary. Boysenberry Gary likes his lemon water. Blah, blah. All right. Let's do this. We are rolling. <clears throat> here we go. <clears throat> you ready? Yes, Abner. Rolling. Can you give me like a, like a take one? Just another fanboy episode, cold opening, take one. That's you, Abner. Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought you were going to say like action or, or something like that. Abner, I just need you to say the line that's on the paper. All right, then. All right. Settle down. Are you ready? Because we've been rolling for this whole time. I'm ready. Let's do it. Do you need me to say action? Well, it'd be kind of nice. All right. Just another fanboy. Cold opening. Take two. Action. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy episode number 302. A best of 2022 episode.
Best of 2022. What the f***? I apologize for that. I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that does whatever it damn well pleases. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and I am the Devourer of Worlds. And I hadn't planned on doing this episode today. In fact, had I stuck to my schedule, you'd be listening to me talk about Saga Volume 1 right about now, which I actually recorded last week. But here's the thing, folks. I got this new mic for Christmas. And uh, I am just freaking itching to try it out. And it does sound pretty good, doesn't it? As long as I can get past this whole plosives thing, I'm, I, I don't know where exactly to put my mouth at this point because it's a little bit different than my previous mic. So I'm very self-conscious about where I am in regard to being in front of the mic. But I, gotta act, I, I actually have a, a funny story about the microphone because yesterday I, I hooked it up plugged it in, turned it on, started doing some tests, did some recording, had a lot of fun with it. And then I went back to listen and realized that it was a bit too loud. It was clipping the audio and all that junk. And, you know, that's never good. So I needed to go back in. I need, well, I needed to figure out how to adjust the levels when it came to the, the microphone volume for recording. You know what I'm saying? So I played around with that for a while, and then I had to step out to go run some errands, and then I came back and tried to do some more recording, and suddenly it just, it, it wasn't working. The microphone wasn't working. I could see the, you know, the monitor levels on my recording software moving as I was talking, but nothing was being recorded into Audacity. And in fact, if I got extremely loud and was yelling, then I would see just minute wavelengths in audacity. So something was working, but I just, I couldn't figure out why just an hour ago it was working so much better. And now suddenly as, as I was trying this yesterday, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting hardly anything at all. And I, I just couldn't figure it out. And I was really quite angry. I thought maybe that I had gotten a crappy mic, like I got a bad version and, uh, it just crapped out after like 10 minutes of playing around with it. And, you know, I'm looking the mic over and the little light is on in the front. And so I know that it's powered on and I'm unplugging it and plugging it back in and I'm trying all kinds of stuff. I rebooted the computer a couple of times. And after about half an hour of, of a lot of cussing and a lot of frustration, I, I, I looked the mic over again and realized, oh, <laughs> The power button is in the off position. See, when I saw the light, the green light, I just assumed that that meant the microphone was on. But no, that just legitimately means that there's power running to the mic. And I had, I had to actually switch it on. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I was doing yesterday. So anyway, I thought I... I, well, I <laughs> I just don't know what's going on with me recently. I'm just having a, a hard time getting stuff to come out of my face hole when I'm talking. But I really wanted to sit down and record what could potentially be an actual episode just so I could really spend some time in front of the mic and try to figure out 
where I should be sitting, where my mouth should be, all that junk. And I figured, all right, well, we have one Tuesday left before the end of the year. And I do really kind of laugh at the idea of folks who do their best of, you know, best of the year episodes in December. Because again, like Abner was saying up front, there, there's still December left to go. And by doing your best of the year episode in December, you're basically saying, well, there's, there's not going to be anything good coming out in December, or uh, I'm just going to gamble that my favorite thing has already come out this year. And, and there's, there's nothing, there, nothing's going to drop in September that I'm going to like any better than anything else I read the rest of the year. I just, I don't know. I, I find that kind of a weird thing. And yet here I am, I'm going to do a, a, a kind of a best of just threw it together still December, but I did look to see what books are being released the rest of the year. And my best of is, is primarily going to be about comics and primarily about the comics that, that I read. Of course, I can't decide something's great unless I read it. And I looked at what was coming out, like I said, for the rest of the year and nothing at all piqued my interest. I'm not going to be really reading any of that stuff. So I might as well just do a best of, but I'm going to do it slightly differently, slightly differently. I'm not sure if that's the way you say it, but I'm just doing three categories. First one is best fun series of 2022. This would be a, a series that both began and ended in 2022. That's kind of my little rule here. And it had to be a series that I had a lot of fun with. Second category is best series I read in 2022 that wasn't published in 2022. That's pretty self-explanatory. I read a lot of books that are uh, a bit older. And so this is literally just a, a series that I read from front to back in 2022, but it was published in a previous year. And then my third category is best overall series of 2022. And like the first one, I have made my own little rule that I can only choose from a series that both began and ended in 2022. But unlike the first one, which is just a series that I had a lot of fun with, this is a series that was fun and exciting and it moved me and, you know, was just the freaking best. So we're going we're gonna to look at that. And I want to thank Comixology before I start, because, you know, when it comes to best of episodes, I, I, every January, I always think I should do a best of for the previous year. And then I start thinking about, well, what did I, what TV shows did I watch? What movies did I watch? What, you know, what books did I read? And I can never really remember everything for the full year. And I always miss something, but I was able to go into Comixology or Amazon, as it were, and look back over every book that I borrowed or got in 2022. And I was able to then pick out these three series. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about those, those three categories. And then I figured I'd talk a little bit about what we have coming at you, specifically with just another fanboy for the first couple of weeks or so in 2023. All right, let's then, uh, let's, let's do this. So my pick for the best fun series of 2022 is G.I. Joe 
Saturday Morning Adventures. This was a, a four-issue series from IDW. First issue was released on February 16th, and the last issue was released on June 15th. It was written by Eric Burnham. The art was done by Dan Schoening, and the colorist was Louis Antonio Delgado. So I'm going to read you the little blurb for the collection. It says, Yo, Joe! From Paris to Tokyo, deserted islands to mountain fortresses, wherever Cobra is, Duke, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and the team are on their tail. In this special Saturday morning send-up based on the classic 1980s cartoon, G.I. Joe is the codename for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, the ruthless organization Determined to take over the, well, you know the story. But now Cobra may have found their most versatile weapon yet. Can G.I. Joe even stop the Aladdin initiative? So yeah, this was a comic book version of the cartoon from the 80s. It looked just like the cartoon. It felt just like the cartoon. It was, in essence, a whole lot of fun. I always feel some kind of strange need, though, to point out that despite the fact that they're calling this the Saturday Morning Adventures, the G.I. Joe cartoon was not a Saturday morning cartoon. It was an after-school, five-days-a-week cartoon, but whatever. It was still a great series. Cobra Commander had gotten a hold of Aladdin's lamp, you know, the one that you rub and the genie comes out and grants you three wishes. And so in the same kind of basic theme that was the first few G.I. Joe cartoon miniseries, you know, like the uh, Weather Dominator and the Mass Device and Pyramid of Darkness. This is another Cobra Commander has gotten a hold of some type of weapon and he's going to use it to take over the world. And again, it was a lot of fun. There was the whole lesson about be careful what you wish for and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. What do you want me to say? And I, I read recently that they're doing another Saturday morning adventure, but this one is going to be for Dungeons and Dragons, which was an actual Saturday morning cartoon. So yeah, I'll probably be getting that as well. I was really kind of hoping that IDW would do more of these for G.I. Joe, but since they've lost the license, they're probably not gonna. But whoever does get the license, I would love them to hire these folks and do some more of this, and then they should do it for Transformers. And it should be done for all of those cartoons of my youth, Voltron, Robotech, all of them. Thundar the Barbarian, that'd be some cool stuff. All right, second category, best series I read in 2020 that wasn't published in 2020, and this is Far Sector. This is a 12-issue limited series from DC Comics. Is written by N.K. Jemison with art by Jamal Campbell. I'll read you the, the blurb again. For the past six months, newly chosen Green Lantern sojourner Joe Mullen has been protecting the city enduring a massive metropolis of 20 billion people. The city has maintained peace for over 500 years by stripping its citizens of their ability to feel. As a result, Violent crime is virtually unheard of, and murder is non-existent. But that's all about to change in this new graphic novel that puts a unique spin on the legacy 
of the Green Lanterns. All right, I, I have to, I got beef there with them calling it a graphic novel. There's just something about that that rubs me the wrong way because this was a 12-issue limited series that came out in, again, in single issues that they did collect. I just feel like whenever a publishing company refers to a collection as a graphic novel, they're trying to make up for the fact that people think that uh, comics are for kids and they're not, and everybody knows it. So when they say, this is a graphic novel, it's not a comic book. I just, I don't know. I just, just gets in my nerves. But issue number one of this series was published on November 13th of 2019. And it last, it, it, it finished issue 12, the last issue, uh, June 8th, 2021. So I don't know if this was a, you know, once every two months or if it was just late. I don't know. I wasn't obviously reading it back then. I got this collection uh, in 2022, obviously, um, and uh, gave it a read. It was on a, it was a very nice sale that I picked it up on over at Comixology Unlimited. I think I got it for like three bucks, 12 issues. And it, first of all, it's a gorgeous book to look at. Jamal Campbell, pencils, inks, colors, uh, does it all. And then the story was amazing. I liked it so much, in fact, that uh, I have officially announced that Sojourner Joe Mullen is my favorite Green Lantern. And I have a Green Lantern hat that I wear all the time because it's very comfortable. And I think the green color looks good on me. And I bought it primarily because it was green, right? Uh, Green looks good on me. Like I said, but I do like the Green Lantern. Uh, read a lot of Green Lantern in the 2000s when I had started podcasting originally with just another fanboy. Read a bit of it in the 90s, but not a lot. But uh, I always liked Hal Jordan and John Stewart and Guy Gardner. Never, ever really got into the Kyle Rayner. But had anybody asked, you know, with seeing my hat, it had it. Uh, again, I can't get stuff to come out of my mouth in ways that it's supposed to. But if had anybody asked me, which is your favorite Green Lantern, I would have said Hal Jordan. But now this is not a Hal Jordan hat. It's a Joe Mullen hat. And I'm fairly certain that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm sure I've heard other people talk about this book on, on other shows. And I'm fairly certain it's pronounced Mullen. It's spelled M-U-L-L-E-I-N. Moline, I think it's Mullen, but sometime back in maybe it was very early 2022 when DC was doing another one of their, all right, this is the best time to jump on. We just did the whole, I think it was Dark Knight's Metal and they did some kind of, uh, I don't remember what the the name of the uh, kind of mini event was. But it rolled out into what was ultimately a bunch of number one issues that, you know, people are supposed to pick up. And it's what they do once every couple of years now, it seems. And I started, I thought, all right, this is a good time for me to jump back in on some Green Lantern. And from there, I was introduced to this Sojourner Mullen and had no idea who she was or where she came from. And eventually I looked it up and found out that she uh, originally appeared in this 12 issue series which was a a young, a young animal book which was an imprint of DC that was headed up by uh what is that guy's name from My Chemical Romance who did uh the Umbrella Academy Gerard Way pretty sure it was him but it, they were supposed to be uh kind of twists on 
DC characters, kind of, I guess. I don't remember what the exact pitch was for Young Animal. I just know it was it was meant to be read by a, a more mature audience. And by that, I don't mean it's a, uh, they were porn books. You know, it's, you got to clarify when you say stuff like this is a mature comic book or this is an adult comic book because a lot of people immediately go to the, the, the dirty side. But no, just for a more sophisticated reader, maybe. Not that I'm a sophisticated reader, but this series was good enough, was great enough, was amazing enough that uh, I quickly changed my tune in regard to who is my favorite lantern. And not only is she a great character, not only do I uh, like this character as a person because she, she, was a, she was in the military and she became a cop and she witnessed police brutality against a protester. And while she knew that that was wrong, she didn't step in to stop it because she was still kind of, she was kind of under that, you know, I'm part of the, the, the thin blue line. You look out for your partner and, and stuff like that. And, but once she kind of realized what she did, she, she, she quit being, you know, she quit the force. And uh, it, was, it was around that time that she was uh, approached by one of the guardians. And she was actually given a ring that's a bit different than your standard Green Lantern ring. And I don't remember exactly what the properties are, but it's, she doesn't have to carry around the lantern and recharge it that way. It just, it's like it, it charges by Wi-Fi. So when she uses it, she just has to not use it for a little bit for it to recharge. You know, she, she if she expends all the energy and there was something about it being, while it's not necessarily powered by her willpower or in the same way that the normal Green Lanterns use willpower, which, for example, Hal Stewart, Hal Stewart, Hal Jordan's ring, based on the way it recharges and, and focuses his willpower, on the surface, it seems that it is more powerful than hers, but... Once she is uh, something like, I can't remember. It's like she has the potential to tap into something through this ring that will, that could make it in her the most powerful Green Lantern. So I love all of that. And then her costume, her look is the single coolest Green Lantern look I have ever seen. And that was honestly the first thing that drew me in on her when I when she showed up in the Green Lantern series. I was like, holy crap, who is that? She looks freaking awesome. And she was really fun in the Green Lantern book. She the the story that was kind of going on at the time in the Green Lantern book was that the 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 battery exploded, the 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 main power battery exploded, and suddenly every Green Lantern out there across the universe, across the galaxy or whatever, their rings just stopped working. But hers because it's a little different, hers continued to work because, again, it didn't really get its power from the main power battery. And it was kind of a, it seemed to be a bit of a mystery to everyone involved at the time why her ring seems to work, but nobody else's does. And she was kind of called back from wherever she was, which after reading this series, I, I you know, found out where she was the far sector, which was, is literally like the, the furthest out 
that any lantern has ever been that uh, technically they've never really policed that area of space, but the, the people there in the city enduring uh, specifically asked to have a green lantern for protection. And so she was sent out there, you know, out at the edge of the galaxy. And so she's come back in the new green lantern series and she takes up this investigation to learn why the power battery, you know, what happened to it, who did it and all that. And I never, I know, I, I haven't continued with the green lantern series for one reason or another. I can't remember. I've got to get back to it, but I had told myself at the time, all right, well, you've got to read this far sector book. And then for some reason, I kind of forgot about it and then stumbled across it uh, a month or two ago and uh, read it straight through in two days. And it was a great, great book, but it wasn't as good as our category number three best overall series of 2022 and maybe one of my most favorite comic series in a while, Do a Powerbomb. This was a seven-issue series from Image Comics written with art by Daniel Warren Johnson, colors by Mike Spicer. Issue one came out on June 15th, 2022. Issue seven, December 7th, 2022. I got each issue. I read them as they were coming out. Let me read you the, the description. Lona Steel Rose wants to be a pro wrestler, but she's living under the shadow of her mother, the best to ever do it. Everything changes when a wrestling-obsessed necromancer asks her to join the grandest pro wrestling tournament of all time, which is also the most dangerous. It's the wrestler meets Dragon Ball Z in a tale where the competitors get more than they ever bargained for. Now, I've talked about how much I love Daniel Warren Johnson's Murder Falcon series, which I need to I need to go back and read again. I need to revisit it. I should do that and then do one episode one episode per issue. That should be that'd be fun. But this book, you know, on the surface, kind of like Murder Falcon, it sounds like a a ridiculous silly kind of topic. Pro wrestling, otherworldly necromancer who is obsessed with wrestling and has a, you know, a big wrestling event with participants from other dimensions and planets and stuff. And Lona Steel Rose, her mother, passed away when she was young. And the necromancer has promised whoever wins, he will bring a loved one of their choice back to life. And she, it's a, it's a tag team tournament type of thing. And she has to uh, partner up with the guy who was in the ring wrestling against her mother when her mother died. It was some kind of accident in the ring where he slipped and he, he was holding her aloft from the top rope or something. And he slipped and she fell on her neck wrong and broke her neck and killed her and Anyway, it's it's just one of these books, again, like Murder Falcon, it just seems like a ridiculous concept, but he's able to take something like that and make it into such the deep, heartwarming story that I literally was in tears at the end of it. The way it ends, which I, I'm not going to spoil, you really should go out and read this, had me in tears. And I even at one point took it in to show my wife and I was telling her, well, this is kind of what happened leading up to this point, And this is what's happening here. And, and then this happened. And as I'm telling her, I start tearing up and, and I'm crying, you know, telling her about it. It was just, this 
is a is an is a series that you know if a comic book about wrestling can move me like that you know i'm not into wrestling i used to be i used to enjoy watching the professional wrestling but i kind of got out of it a number of years back it's it's never uh, you know since then it's never really kind of held any appeal for me so when i found out that he was doing a wrestling book i was kind of uh, I was kind of disappointed. I knew he was kind of into wrestling because for a while there, he was doing a lot of sketches, like daily sketches of of professional wrestlers. And I feel like Jimmy the Superfly Snuka was one that he drew a number of times. I, I don't remember. But he announced his new series and he announced that it was going to be about wrestling. And, and I just uh, shook my head and I was like, come on, DWJ, don't do this to me. And I said that knowing that regardless, I was going to read it just simply because it was Daniel Warren Johnson. And and I thought, if anybody is going to get me interested in a comic book about wrestling, it's going to be Daniel Warren Johnson. And sure enough, you know, again, in tears at the end of it, just like Murder Falcon. There's just, he just knows how to, um, he just knows how to write. I mean, plain and simple. And when I think about his books, especially Murder Falcon and now this one that um, did actually stir up an emotion like that in me by the end of it. Yeah, he wrote a, a book about a mystical avatar named Murder Falcon who is brought into the world through the power of heavy metal, crunchy guitars. Um, the main character, Jake, who can wail on a guitar and it's his guitar playing playing heavy metal, specifically shredding the metal that brings Murder Falcon into the world to fight and kill demons on behalf of the human race. I mean, that sounds ridiculously awesome, right? It sounds like just this big spectacle of a book that's that's just ridiculously awesome. And it's yet, there's just such a deep message in it at the same time. And that's what he did with Do a Powerbomb. And, uh, that's why DWJ is always going to be one of my favorites. But those were my my uh, three of my best of 2022 books. So real quick, before I let y'all go, let me talk about what I have coming up with the next two episodes in 2023. So on January 3rd, the first episode of 2023, you're going to get a an episode that's basically the state of the podcast address. It's probably what I'll call the episode. And I'm just going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to be making some announcements, what I have in store for everybody, 2023, some new stuff, some old stuff, what's going to be happening. Now, I haven't recorded that yet. I will be recording that, of course, with the new mic. And then on January 10th, you're going to get my episode that I recorded last week about Saga Volume 1, which I recorded on the old mic. I have two other episodes that I recorded already using the old mic that I have banked that will come out at some time at, you know, sometime after those, I will probably do, uh, after the saga episode, I'll probably do a JAF classic cause I haven't done one of those in a while. And then we'll just go from there folks. But that's what I got going on. That's what I got in store for you over the next two weeks. Of course, we still got just another fanboy presents also coming out as well in which I'm talking about the death and return of Superman, the epic crossover event from 92-93, DC Comics, 
telling that story, reading those books in real time based on when they were released, the week that they were released 30 years ago. So that's kind of fun to follow along with. And I also have, of course, the Superman Super Show with Ed Moore, where we talk about golden age Superman books every Monday. So every Monday, Superman Super Show. Every Tuesday, just another fanboy. And then every Thursday, just another fanboy presents. Will there be more? Will there, will, 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 will there be something on Wednesdays? Fridays? Maybe Saturdays? I don't know. You'll have to tune in to the uh, state of the podcast address next week to find out. Until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. The Just Another Fanboy podcast is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash stephenrorr. And in return, I am going to do my very best to get you and your fellow patrons episodes just like this one before anybody else. I also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Uh-oh.